Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening. To AFR, I'm Tim Wildman, and joining me in studio is Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Good morning, Tim. And uh, we got a lot to talk about today. we got a guest coming up at the bottom of the hour, Hannah Faulkner, who's 15 years old. I'm excited about this. Yeah, she's 15 years old. She's from Nashville, Tennessee, or Murfreesboro, Tennessee area. And uh, she's a speaker on the Turning Point USA circuit. Hmm. And just a dynamic young lady, and it gives you hope for tomorrow. Right. Uh, for our, you know, that we have some young Christian patriots, uh, lots of them across the country. Their God is raising up for the future of our nation. We're going to talk to one of them, Hannah Faulkner, at the bottom of the hour. And then at the uh, next, at the top of the next hour, Bill Eliff will be on with us. Right, Ed? Yeah, he's a uh, founding and national engage pastor of the Summit Church in North Little Rock, Arkansas, and he's going to be talking to us about what's happened, what has been happening, what is happening at Asbury University and around the country in terms of young people. It seems like there is a move of God underway, and we'll talk to Bill about that. All right. That's coming up. So a lot of good stuff coming your way. This hour, if you want to watch on the internet, you can go to Facebook and type in Today's Issues, Today's Issues, and we live video stream on our Facebook page. We also post the stories that we talk about uh, so you can have access to the information firsthand there on our Today's Issues Facebook page. We also have our own live streaming service that we own and operate called streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net, go there, take you a 60 seconds to sign up, boom, you have access to a lot of information and videos and uh, archive stuff and, 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 and our live shows that we uh, have. Most of our shows here on AFR, we live video stream there on our streaming.afa.net website. All right, uh, Fred, what's happening? Well, if you woke up this morning, one of the first pictures you probably saw if you turned on your TV was that the president of the United States, Joe Biden, uh, was supposed to be on his way to a meeting in Warsaw, Poland, but apparently they took a little detour. And what you saw this morning is uh, President Joe Biden in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, we're coming up on the first anniversary of Putin's invasion of Ukraine. And so uh, President Biden this morning, uh, there with the President Zelensky of Ukraine, and the uh, president had an announcement to make, President Biden did, Another uh, half a billion dollars in aid is going to be forthcoming from the United States uh, to Ukraine in the ongoing fight against Putin. This is what uh, President Biden had to say at a ceremony there in Kiev this morning. Cup one. But Russia's aim was to wipe Ukraine off the map. Putin's war of conquest is failing. Russia's military has lost half its territory it once occupied. Young, talented Russians are fleeing by the tens of thousands, not wanting to come back to Russia. 
Not, not just fleeing from the military, fleeing from Russia itself because they see no future in their country. So that was a bit of the uh, President Biden's speech there this morning. Now, as I mentioned, uh, the president signed off on more financial aid uh, for Ukraine. But what President Zelensky really wants is those fighter jets. He would love to get his hands on some American F-16s. He says that's what's needed, he believes, to end the war. But as far as uh, we know, there is no forthcoming of fighter jets for the Ukrainians. Well, it's part of the reason for that, I think, is that for the U.S. to directly give that kind of aid to Ukraine would be, uh, yeah, I think in Russia's eyes, would be a step up mm. in terms of the conflict because it would, I, I mean, nobody's being fooled. There are There is U.S. aid, probably military aid. I've read, I don't know how much this is going on, in terms of advisors on the ground with Ukraine, U.S. advisors. Uh, So there is indirect aid going to Ukraine in their war effort. That's killing Russian soldiers, right? Whatever you think about, you know, the rightness and the wrongness and who's, you know, is Ukraine corrupt? Is, Is it Russia, you know, Russia invaded? I would agree with the president that Russia seemingly wanted to wipe out, at least end Ukraine as a sovereign nation. So however you view the the interplay of those foreign policy kinds of questions, there is no doubt that U.S. aid is going to Ukraine. That's resulting in the death of Russian soldiers. If that aid becomes direct and all the world can see and understand we're giving fighter jets to Ukraine, maybe teaching them how to use it. I don't know how you teach. I don't know if they've got pilots who can handle the kind of technology that would be involved with our uh, hardware, but that would be a game changer in terms of Russia's view of it. Because if the U.S. is in a, not a hot war with the Russians, but supplying Ukraine, that could uh, drag NATO into Uh it. If Russia decides, fine, we're invading Poland. It's, it's, it would be risky. I'm glad the administration is not giving the jets directly to Ukraine. However, uh, there's another possible player on the scene. There's word over the weekend uh, because Russia is getting short on military supplies that China may be willing to give Russia military supplies. And our Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, addressed that on the weekend. Cut number three. We are uh, concerned that uh, China is considering Uh, uh, supporting Russia's war effort in Ukraine with lethal assistance. As President Biden said, going back many months when the aggression first took place and he spoke to President uh, Xi Jinping, uh, he told him at that point that um, there would be real uh, consequences in our own relationship were China to provide lethal assistance to um, Russia in this uh, aggression against Ukraine. I, I, kind of, I, kind of vague there. What, what, what is Blinken talking about? There will be real consequences to China if they were to do that. This, I, I'm just listen. That's why I, I kind of on the front end of my last comment said whatever you think about the foreign policy questions involved Ukraine and Russia, and there's some division within the United States in terms of how that got started, who's at fault. Okay, I'm setting all that aside. I don't like what. Uh, Blinken said, mm. be, 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 so because here's the problem. This is 
how world wars start. Yeah. Okay, so from the U.S. perspective, why is it okay for us to give lethal aid to Ukraine, but not right for China to give lethal aid to Russia? Again, setting aside, I, I think what Russia did in invading Ukraine was horrible. Okay, don't get me wrong. But uh, from the perspective of the world, why is it okay for us to do it, but not okay for China to do it? And is Anthony Blinken suggesting that we are going to lower the boom on China in terms of sanctions? All right. So then what if China retaliates? What if China says, fine, we're not going to send you your medicine for diabetes? Yeah. I mean, that's how these things escalate. Mm -hmm. And I just I just have a problem with what he said, that kind of thing should have been behind closed doors with China. And maybe you can make that point to the Chinese let leadership. Me you, let me get, ask you guys this. Uh, just one one other thought on this. Okay, NATO exists for the purpose of solidarity against Russia, right? Correct. Back when there was the Soviet Union, yes. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to the Cold War. Right. All right, when the Soviet Union was not just right, was not was it intact? Yeah. Uh, Ukraine now is, in essence, a member of NATO because uh, NATO, and, uh, and namely the United States of America, is giving Ukraine whatever they want to fight militarily. Mm-hmm. Now, the, you would say, well, the difference is we don't have boots on the ground. That's true. But I, I don't know. It seems like to me we, we've been pulled in to a uh, – to a war, we, the United States, have been pulled into, well, I don't know what pulled in, but voluntarily entered into a war with Russia in Ukraine, and there's no exit strategy, and there's no end to how much money we will give the Ukrainians. Uh, again, uh, you're sort of torn Right, because you, as you say, Ed, what what the Russians did by invading Ukraine, starting the war, was 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 terrible, right? Uh, horrible, and but at the same time, is it the obligation of the United States federal government to keep writing billions of dollars of checks to the Ukraine? And who's accountable for this money? Where does it go? Who spends it? Is it being? What if it's? Is it being? Uh, Spent wisely. I mean, who who audits this thing? There's already been accusations months ago that money that was going to Ukraine wound up going back to big corporations who were funneling money to Democratic politicians. Okay, so I, like you said, who's who's accounting for the funds that taxpayers are providing to our federal government? Our federal government gives it to a to a country that's involved in a in a war. The the I've always been critical. I was critical of George W. Bush when he had his two terms as president. I thought the West should have made overtures to Russia after the collapse of the Soviet Union, all those nations that were in what was called the Warsaw Pact. We should have tried to bring Russia into Western economy. Instead, we provoked them over and over again. Russian foreign policy has always been very clear we will not tolerate the West being on our borders. That's why when people in this country wanted to bring Ukraine into NATO, Russia said, you better not. You better not do that because they have been invaded on a number of occasions. They almost were knocked out of World War II because of a surprise attack by the Nazis. They want 
a buffer zone. Ukraine was supposed to be that buffer zone and other countries, and we provoked them. I'm not, I'm not saying we're at fault for what Russia did in Ukraine. Their actions, they have to answer for their actions. But I think our foreign policy was mistaken in alienating Russia rather than trying to bring Russia in. And I do not want to see our young men involved in another European war. Yeah. All right. Well, the president of the United States, Biden, is over there in uh, Ukraine visiting. Uh, He's left. He's gone now to up? Warsaw. Okay. Poland for so, meetings there. So that was a quick visit. Five hours. Kiev. Mm-hmm. Next story, Fred. The governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, is not in Florida today. He's in New York City. New York City? He is on what's being described as a pro-police tour of Democrat-run cities like New York and Chicago and Philadelphia. That's a brilliant tactic. <laughs> And this morning he was interviewed on Fox and Friends, and we'll talk more about his tour in just a second. But the first question to Ron DeSantis, who some people say may run for president, he was asked about the president's visit to Ukraine. Cut number five. I'm reminded of uh, when he was vice president, Obama and Biden uh, opposed providing lethal aid to Ukraine during those years. Uh, And then I'm also reminded that I don't think any of this would have happened, but for the weakness that the president showed during his first year in office, culminating, of course, in the disastrous withdrawal in Afghanistan. So I think while he's over there, I think I and many Americans are thinking to ourselves, okay, he's very concerned about those borders halfway around the world. He's not done anything to secure our own border here at home. We've had millions and millions of people pour in, tens of thousands of Americans dead because of fentanyl. And then, of course, we just suffered a national humiliation of having China fly a spy balloon clear across the continental United States. So we have a lot of problems accumulating here in our own country that that he is neglecting. Well, you know, and Governor, well, great to see you, Governor, as a Floridian. Uh, nice to see you, sir. You're both in New York today. Well, yeah, both in New York today, but we got to get back to, to Florida. Uh, you know, but, but, sir, we've seen incoherence from this administration, no defined policy on Ukraine, no defined objective of what winning, you know, looks like. I think a lot of Americans are, are asking, you know, how much more money, how much more time, how much more human suffering? All right. So there you have it. That was a Fox host right at the end there. But, you know, in the response to that question, uh, I heard a man who's been thinking a lot about foreign policy, plus running Florida. Don't forget he was the United States House of Representatives member uh, for several years from the Jacksonville area. Uh Um, Uh, Listen, I I agree with uh, what he said. I think this is a really good strategy, tactic, as part of his wider strategy. It seems clear if he's making these trips to big cities across America that he's going to be running mm-hmm. for president. I know we'll, we'll, I think we have a clip uh, uh, maybe about that specific question. Uh, but I, he's right about all that. He's right about the weakness that President Biden showed uh, foreign policy-wise, but also in that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. You know, the, it, we were there in Afghanistan for tw- 20 years, all right? We spent... trillion over those 20 years in Afghanistan. If you include Iraq and some of the other things since 9-11, $6 trillion 
Yeah. We spent almost $6 trillion. Not to mention lives. Not to mention lives. Yeah. Uh, and what do we have to show in both of those places, Iraq and Afghanistan? I don't know. Maybe we put a real dent in the terrorist networks that threatened us before, during, and after 9-11. I don't have any idea. You know, intelligence experts and defense experts would be able to make that call. But in terms of blood and treasure, we spent a lot of money. That's why I don't want us involved in another uh, war in uh, Ukraine or in more widely in Europe. And I like what Governor DeSantis said in that segment about the week. I said I like his analysis of the Biden administration's weakness, how that may have prompted the invasion of Ukraine when – during the four years of President Trump, who demonstrated strength and resolve, Russia didn't misbehave. Mm-hmm. But during the Obama administration, two invasions by Russia, and the Biden administration, one invasion of Ukraine, and um, I, I think weakness allows those kinds of bullies to go to work and do what they want to do. All right. The question is, uh, well, I think you answered the question. And that is, uh, Governor DeSantis is uh, uh, going to run for president. Uh, he's, well, he's going to run for the Republican nomination for president. At least that's the appearance when you're traveling around the country, <laughs> right? Yes. Doing speaking engagements. And now the Florida legislative session has not started yet, true? Starts early next month. And then it ends when? April? Uh, I believe so, yes. They don't meet a long time. Yeah, right. April. That's May. the way legislature bodies ought to be. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, the less, I wouldn't mind Congress being that short. <laughs> yes, less less damage less, they can do. Exactly. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but all uh, everything is. He's got a new book coming out. Everything is pointing toward uh, the governor of Florida announcing he will run on the Republican side. Yeah. If you're running, you ha- you release a book. Yeah. If, yeah. That lays out your vision. He was asked the question this morning. It was it was going to come. This is how he responded about an announcement. Cut number six. I have a book coming out on yes. February 28th. Mm. You can see it at DeSantisBook.com. It's called The Courage to Be Free. So we're going to go on a tour on that. We're going to sell some books. And then on uh, March 8th, I have our legislative session that's kicking off. As we get beyond that, then, then we can decide from there. For our country, it's important to admit that these left-wing policies have failed. They've empowered criminals. Mm-hmm. They've put uh, the public at risk. They put law enforcement officers at risk. And so I think that this, this experiment has concluded, uh, and we need to move in the direction where across the board from she- sea to shining sea, we have a commitment to respect for law enforcement and for law and order. That, that sounds to me like a man who's thinking a lot about national politics right now. Well, if he wasn't going to run, he'd have said, nope, not going to run. <laughs> right. yeah, I already right. thought about this. That's nuts. Who wants to be president of the United States? I <laughs> yeah, have, I have you're enough, exactly right. Uh, with my job as, as governor of the state of Florida. Uh, no, he didn't say that. He said, uh, "He said uh, I'm, uh, we'll see. Huh? We'll yeah. see after. Yeah. We'll see after, now, after my tour of failing uh, Democratic-led cities. <laughs> And my book tour that lays out my vision for a, a better America. Uh, and after the legislative session, we'll see. <laughs> you, no, you're right. He's running. Yeah. You know who also thinks he's running? Uh, former President Trump. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because Trump, uh, Trump 
he he just can't help himself. He has to go after Governor DeSantis uh, on a regular basis now, even though the governor doesn't fight back. What did, he, what did he call him? Meatball Ron? Meatball Ron. Rhino in disguise. That's yep. one of the latest. Rhino globalist. Just to be clear, what you're talking about is President Trump. Yes. He didn't tweet because he's not on Twitter. He has a uh, platform called True Social. And Trump is regularly going after uh, the governor of Florida, who, sh- who is his ally politically. I mean, they believe a lot of the same things, but. Trump has decided he needs to take out DeSantis before he ever gets uh, off the ground, so to speak. So what did he say the other couple of days ago? Uh, Rhino in disguise. You're, you're quoting it, Trump about uh, yes. Trump, about DeSantis. Yeah. Good luck, Ron. Donald Trump tears into Florida Governor DeSantis as Rhino in disguise. Okay. And again, employs the moniker the Sanctimonious. Okay. Uh, Use that once again. Meatball. Um, he called him what, a meatball. I mean, he did. Yeah, and, and I, I got to say, what, what does that mean? I, I'm personally offended. <laughs> oh, the Italian of, of thing of the meat misuse of uh, the meatball, making it into making it into an insult, right? For an Italian, when it's a you delicacy. Just, you just don't do. You don't call someone lasagna. <laughs> you know, you just don't do it. To pick some other food. Did, did he really say that? Yes, he called him Ron Meatball. Yep, that's what Trump called DeSantis. Well, that was. That was in private, um, but it was leaked that he calls well, it Ron I don't, Meatball. Okay. I think it's a, I think it's I'm a not talking about it in private. I'm talking about what he said on True Social. Just quote it straight up, Fred. Well, I'm, I'm reading from the headline here. Um, the latest came late Saturday night from former President Trump, just before midnight, with the former president accusing DeSantis of being backed by a, I'm quoting here, a pervert organization and being a rhino in disguise. The post on Trump's social media website, Truth Social, came nearly 24 hours after he promised not to fat shame DeSantis, following reports that he privately referred to the GOP governor as Meatball Ron. That, that was a reference to his weight or something? Is that what? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know. know. Uh, Trump thinks it's a winning strategy just to throw folks Act like a fifth grader with, uh, or a third grader with uh, with DeSantis. I, I don't think it is, but Trump feels like he needs to needs to needs to name call. Uh, now, by the way, I I just want to I want to clarify my earlier statement. I have no problem with calling someone a meathead, okay, like Archie Bunker did right. with his uh, son-in-law and all in the family, but not meatball. Come on, right, meatball needs yeah. to be set aside. But DeSantis is not. Italian, right? No, he is. I think that, he is Italian. That, that he is, is Italian. Yeah. Okay. Now that may that name may not be Italian, but the name he, isn't. Yeah. His name, his, but that think, is it of Italian. Uh, you think this is wise on the part of Trump to keep going after DeSantis when DeSantis isn't even isn't even fighting back or saying anything against the president, former president? Right now, it looks like DeSantis has taken the high road, and Trump is taking the low ball. Why? Road. I don't understand it. Because I think he believes DeSantis is his biggest challenge. He's not worried about Nikki Haley or Pence or whoever now, else may run. Here's my thing is that if, if President Trump was going to run, and he is, and he wants to win the Republican ticket, then don't uh, trash all the voters who may not vote for you, but you're going to need them in a general election. 
to to beat the Democrats. And here you are just c- calling uh, Governor DeSantis, uh, Ron DeSanctimonious, and you're a rhino, and what else? A globalist, and oh. he he oh. is Italian. I think that is an Italian name. DeSantis, yeah, really? DeSantis. Okay, that's that's new. Anyway, I. All right, we'll be back momentarily with more. We've got a, uh, a guest coming up, Hannah Faulkner, momentarily. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. You know, one of the great parts of our tours that we take in uh, June and September of our nation's capital, we call them spiritual heritage tours, is getting together with Christians who uh, support AFA and AFR, and folks come from all over the country, and we meet, and we fellowship, and we have fun, and we eat well, but we also are reflective on God's grace and God's goodness to us as Americans Stephen McDowell, the president of the Providence Foundation and author of America's Providential History, serves as our historian as we travel about, as we see the places, discover the times, the events, and we look at the history of our country, our Christian heritage, if you will. So, if that interests you and you want to be a part of our tours in June and September, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com. That's spiritualheritagetours.com for all the information on the 2023 tours. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers. Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Jesse Hamilton prepared meals for the men of Phi Gamma Delta for about 14 years. Her presence at Louisiana State University was life-changing for many of the fraternity brothers. She eventually went on to other jobs in life, cleaning and cooking, still hard at work even at the age of 74. Andrew Fusiati was one of the young men who ate her cooking back in the day. And when he found out Mrs. Hamilton was still on the job, he just knew an intervention was in order. So he contacted a few of his fraternity brothers, and they decided to pay off Mrs. Hamilton's mortgage. And on her 74th birthday, they surprised her with a catered meal and a great big check, totaling more than $50,000. All those attending were given t-shirts proclaiming Jesse Hamilton Day and hankies as well to wipe away the tears. It was an emotional scene, those grown men taking care of a sweet lady who made sure they had a home-cooked meal. I'm Todd Starnes. But he saves the poor from the sword of their mouth and from the hand of the strong. So the helpless has hope and injustice has shut its mouth. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim with Ed and Fred. And if you're wondering, the uh, average age of your panelists here would be uh, 63, 4. Am I right? Yeah, I'm 64. What are you at, Fred? Uh, 68. So I'm 59 till next. So I'm probably right in the middle. I got another, the middle. I'm average. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm the average. So it was a meatball sandwich. You're right in the middle. <laughs> I say that I had because to go there. there's a, there's a, there's a six decades of wisdom. There you go. Packed into this studio so. right now. Huh? I hope on so. average, but I, but our, our, our average age has come down. Yes. A little bit. Because today. we have Hannah. <laughs> In studio with us, Hannah Faulkner from uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee area. She is uh, a speaker for Turning Point USA. That's Charlie Kirk's organization. And Hannah uh, is with us here in Tupelo today. She and her her dad and her brother, they drove down to be with us on the program. We wanted to visit with a young Christian patriot who provides hope for tomorrow. Amen. Our country. And uh, Hannah, good morning to you. Thank you so much for having me. So you live in Murfreesboro? Yes, sir. Where is that exactly? It's about 45 minutes south of uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Nash Vegas. So Nash Vegas. Is that Nash what, Vegas. Uh, what, so what are you, uh, what are you in school or are you homeschooled? So or? I am homeschooled, but I'm doing a dual enrollment associate's degree track with Liberty University to where I can graduate high school with my associate's degree. So uh, when, when would you do that? Uh, it would be in 2024. So. Okay. After you get your driver's license. Yes. <laughs> so uh, you would, you would graduate with a, a college Level a, associate's yes. degree? Yes, sir. When you get out of high school? Yes. With Liberty uh, University. Really? I, think I, I think I squandered my youth or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. So, so, again, what would, you be, what would your degree be in? It would be in criminal justice. Okay. Why do you want to do that? So, I originally wanted to do criminal law uh, because I, I thought that was really interesting. I actually job shadow under a judge in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, or I guess he's in Wilson County. Um and then I really started digging into uh, the Constitution. I love the Constitution, everything it stands for. And I thought, you know what? I think I want to do constitutional law. But I, with Liberty, they don't have like a constitutional law track. So I just went with the criminal justice. But I want to uh, pursue constitutional law after I graduate college. So so after you graduate college at age, what, 16, I'll be, 17? So I'll be let's see here, 18 when I graduate college completely. That, I'm going to say that. You no, know, you that's can't run impressive. for president until you're 35. You understand that, right? Okay. I, I was I was going to say uh, how impressive that was because yeah. a lot of our found the founding the the founders uh, that founding generation a lot of those kinds of people graduated from college yeah. when they were 18, 19 yeah. year, years old. So this is this would not be unusual for that generation. It's un- certainly unusual for our generation when a lot of people. In uh, schools, young people can't even rate, read at their grade level. Yeah, no, it's mm. sad. It's really sad. I mean, we have the phone and technology, which is, oh, just ruined half of our generation. And it's so sad. I mean, we've got pornography just everywhere, all, all social media platforms. And so, uh, technology and social media is a blessing in so many ways. Uh, but at the opposite, it is horrible what's happening to our you know teens and Generation Z, which we'll talk about more later. But, no, it's it's horrible what's happening for our generation. Hannah Faulkner with us. She's 15 years old from uh, Middle Tennessee, the Murfreesboro area. And uh, now you have a, a 
uh, what an Instagram or what is your what, what what's your platform you use to I have promote? an Instagram it's uh Hannah Faulkner seventeen seventy six and I recently got a YouTube channel to post all of my full length speeches and within a day they took everything down because I was uh, violating the hate speech marker so welcome to our club yeah, <laughs> yeah we We're got no banned too YouTube. from YouTube really yeah we got we three strikes you're out because <laughs> because we used to say. Ivermectin, Ivermectin, Ivermectin. Right. It, what, what Ed just said, we yeah. said Let's follow that. follow the science. You know, yeah. I said there are only two genders, and they were offended by that. But is that is that why you got taken? So you just put your videos up, and the next day it was removed? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow, 24 hours, huh? But you Instagrams, uh, you have an Instagram account. I have an Instagram. What, for those who follow folks on Instagram, what is that? It's uh, Hannah Faulkner seventeen seventy six. No, I'm talking about what is Instagram. Oh, what is Instagram? <laughs> yeah, he, I'm, I'm just halfway kidding with you. He's but, still on MySpace. Well, well, we, I'm telling you, a lot of our folks are you know, <laughs> on MySpace. What'd you say? You're still on MySpace. MySpace, but now defunct. Uh, I'm going to send you an AOL message. Okay. Okay, messenger. <laughs> and so when you get that. No, uh, that's before you were born. So seriously, uh, you have a uh, – everybody knows what Instagram is. It's a, But that's a platform that you promote uh, your ministry, your ideas. What yes. is that again? Hannah Faulkner, 1776. So what would people find on, on your Instagram? Truth. <laughs> okay, truth. What kind of things do you talk about? Uh, what, what kind of uh, – just all kind of culture war, yeah. politics. Do the you have an opinion on the Ukraine war and whether we should be – uh, sending money to Ukraine? Absolutely not. I'm not sure if you guys saw um, the four. I think it was how, how many pages was the bill that we sent? I think it was four thousand pages, or that was the omnibus bill um, that we sent yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars to youth uh, transgender groups. Which that's the biggest issue that I'm most passionate about is the whole transgender issue because it's. All impacting. right, talk about that. Why are you passionate about that issue? Well, because it is eroding my generation. By the minutes, I mean, twenty-one percent of Gen Z identifies as LGBTQ. Yet, our generation is the most suicidal and most depressed generation, and it's not a coincidence when we're pushing anti-God narratives down our society through the medical industry, Hollywood, and it's the popular opinion of this whole LGBTQ religion. And and one of their why their do you phrases, call it a religion? Well, because it is an anti-God sexual immorality. I mean, if you look at a religion, it's pushing any sort of ideas. And their motto is pride. Pride is uh, self-worship, self, self-love, self and that is what they are. They are a religious cult of sexual immorality. And it's not just to do whatever you want. No, that's when it started. You know, we just want to promote, you know, everybody's own choices and what you want to do with your lifestyle. Now it's on the kids, and now we really have to take a stand as Christians. We cannot continue to allow this to happen. Because this was in colleges and universities. Yeah. This, it, you know, fully— of yeah. uh, the students fully immersed in it and then it it started creeping down into high school yeah. and lower grades but now it's, now they're all in oh yeah i mean they are pushing it yeah. wall to wall uh, now, for you kids just said, you used a statistic a statistic that uh 21% a double take on you said what percentage of gen z now gen z is is what age uh category we're we talking about 15 to 30 uh, 10 to 30. I think 97, I think that's when it began. Yeah, okay. I, th- I think it's probably, right it's, it's underneath the, the millennials. Yes. Uh, it's After the, the millennials? Yeah, go down. Okay, but anyway, cohort. you're saying, we're talking what, 15 to 30, roughly? I think it's younger than that. I think it's probably up to 24. 12 to 25 or so. Okay, anyway, like yeah. you, you, uh, your demographic, yes. basically. But yeah. what you said was 
What percentage identifies what now? 21% of Gen Z identifies as LGBTQ. Okay, that's not true. It's not? No, no, your statistic is true. Yeah. But but that that can't be right. No, it's on the Washington Post, which is a liberal uh, publisher, but on the Washington Post, it says that 21% of Gen Z... It, it, okay. it is, that is I'm, I'm not, an accurate I'm, I'm not being clear, okay? <laughs> Well, I'm not denying. Uh-huh. I'm not yeah. denying your your your. Are you challenging me, Hannah? Here, because I'm trying to. Okay. Uh-huh. You want you want my job? It's not as easy as it looks. I, I think. I think okay. she may one day have. I know any of our jobs. Uh, all right. Well, she's she's qualified. Yeah. I can tell you that. No, what I'm saying is, twenty two percent or whatever you said of Gen Z may identify as LGBTQ, but what I'm saying is they're not. In actual, no, yeah, in actual yeah, fact, right. they're not because what they're doing is yeah. this is being so promoted yeah. by the media, by the entertainment, entertain, entertainment corporate industry America. in school, corporate America. Uh, it's everywhere, all day, every day, and so it's it's the power of persuasion that's going on, yeah. and it's trendy. Yes. Among your generation yeah. to identify this way, right? No, I totally agree with you. Actually, uh, when the Teens Against Gender Mutilation rally that I had, uh, one of the graphics that the counter protest put up was that we were an anti-trans rally. But how can we be anti-something that doesn't exist? Now, the people exist. We acknowledge that the people that identify as transgender right. exist. But the word, the cycle Bible word transgender does not exist because you cannot change your sex. It, is, right. it denies science. It denies biological reality. So, no, I completely agree yeah. with you. It does. You're plus, exactly right. Plus, I, I think there has been such a war against the idea of absolute truth. Yeah. I and mean, this comes right out of Romans 1. It is a war against God and the reality that he created. And because these young people have been so um, uh, indoctrinated against the idea of absolutes, they believe that gender fl- fluidity, air yeah. quotes, is the right way to go. And that's why they that's why so many of them identify as LGBTQ, because they're saying, I don't think it's right for me to say that there are only two genders. So I'm going to be fluid. I'm going to be in that pot. And that goes to the power that all these institutions are wielding over the minds of our young people, because it's not just the educational establishment, as you pointed out. It's Hollywood. It's it's music. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had the uh, Grammy Awards, uh, all kinds of demonic stuff going on. And uh, corporate America is all in my beloved National Hockey League. You would think that hockey wouldn't, but they have been very uh, proud of their promotion of these kinds of falsehoods. We're talking to Hannah Faulkner, F-A-L-K-N-E-R. She's from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. She's 15 years old. And... Uh, she, uh, do you speak for Turning Point? So I speak for, yeah, I'm a chapter president for Turning Point USA. I don't speak a lot at their uh, national events, but I host uh, a lot of events for Turning Point USA. Uh, mm-hmm. One of our recent events, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but Teens Against Gender Mutilation Rally. Go, talk. Uh, we had Chloe Cole, detransitioner. Uh, she's 18 years old. Uh, when she was 13 years old, the medical industry put her on testosterone and puberty blockers. When she was 15, they convinced her to have a double mastectomy. And by the time she was 16, within a year later, she realized it was the worst decision of her life and that she had to take a stand so that other teens didn't have to go through the same thing because she realized, again, it all goes back to God. 
uh, that nobody could ever be fulfilled by any drug, by any movie, or anything that they can ever do, but by God Almighty and the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross. And so uh, we had this rally, again, out of love and out of true compassion because the left is perpetrating this lie that we are the haters, we are the bigots, and that's not true at all. Loving someone is to tell them the truth, and you cannot change your sex, but hating them is the exact thing that the left and the media is doing. It's encouraging them to go down this path of destruction to where statistically in seven to eight years post-surgery, these teens are more suicidal and more depressed than they were prior to the surgery. So now we have over 45,000 detransitioners on the Reddit site, and I'm sure there's far more than that that aren't even on Reddit uh, that are trying to detransition because they've realized uh, that this lifestyle does not work and it, it will never fulfill them. So... Hannah, we do a lot of stories. We get uh, surveys of young people, millennials, and that sort of thing. And uh, people are alarmed. You know, their lack of biblical knowledge, the rebellion. So your generation is coming along. What's the source of your hope? I hope that teens will begin to wake up, especially amongst Christians. We have a ton of, uh, I mean, even, even my youth group, we have probably 400 teens. I hope that they will, their parents will raise them up to be godly warriors and to speak truth and to not be afraid to speak out. Because, I mean, it's hard. You know, it is hard. But if you just speak out, if you just stand up for what you believe in, it's going to be far more worth it than anything that you could ever do. So I'm just praying that teens... And that the other generations, like your age group, because a lot of people your age are still very unaware of what's happening. I mean, I've been on radio shows and and they don't even know that this is even happening because they're not paying attention to what's going on. So it's not just Gen Z. It's other generations uh, that are not paying attention to what's I happening. I mean, we, we cover it here, yeah. but there are a lot of people, like you said, an our generation, we're talking about, you know, 59 to 67 68 fred uh they get their new they get their news from cnn or cbs or those kind yeah, of and those outlets do not talk about the downside of what you're talking about the promotion yeah. of the transgender ideology uh, i wanted to ask you do you have do you have like a podcast do you uh, is instagram your only way of we are people? actually thinking about starting a podcast, uh, hopefully soon. We'll see what happens with that, but we're thinking about it. So until then, go follow my Instagram, and we'll see what happens with that. Hannah Faulkner, our guest. Well, listen, Hannah, thanks for thanks being so with us here. Uh, your dad had devotional for our staff this morning, and what is the the apple doesn't far, fall far, far from, from the, the tree. tree. That, yeah, he was, he was really quiet and reserved <laughs> and i don't know where you get your boldness from no it was a wonderful devotion he, he your father was an evangelist for for many years uh i don't know if he still does that but yes. he uh yes. he does so uh he was fantastic was very inspiring and very bold preaching the truth and love yeah. so like bold. like tim said the apple doesn't fall far from the tree so yeah. you're doing well you're doing really well we're very proud of you it's it's been excellent having an opportunity to meet you and like we talked about uh outside of your hearing before you got on uh you give a lot of hope to people of my generation who look and see the only sometimes the only gen z people we see are the people who are uh, in uh schools as teachers yeah. and they're promoting all this uh demonic ideology to children we think what what's going to become of our nation, but if we'll take a few million of people like you. That's Just sure. to be clear, so 
You got the baby boomers, of which we're a part of, right? Right. We're baby boomers. I'm starting. People That's, right. Be, That's right, boomer. Well, people beyond the baby boomers, they're we've had their funerals, right? Am I right? <laughs> well, not not well, all. Pretty much. Not all Am of them. Right? Yeah, they're, they're 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 getting there. The baby boomers are the next. Right. We're and the then and then what is after generation. baby boomers? Uh, Add your. Your millennials were there's a, something between millennials and baby boomers. Oh yeah, right? no, there's there's X? Gen Gen Y, Gen X, Gen X. Uh, okay. I, I forget. All okay, the... and Hannah's is what? Gen Z. Gen Z. Then we start. Then you're out of letters. Then we start. Then we start all over. I guess. Huh? Gen A. I think it's Alpha Gen, now. Gen, Gen, go back Gen, to the Gen Alpha, the A team, the A team, <laughs> the A team. <laughs> so By the way, before you so go, every, it all comes back to Mr. T, doesn't it? In the end. <laughs> And she's what's Mister T? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. She didn't know. You know, actually, I think my brother watches the. Am I am I correct? Yes, he watches the A team. Yes, the A-team. he's A-team. ten years old. Uh, okay. Ten years old. So, yeah, he knows more about old retro. Shows, yeah. The uh, right. Green Acres, all of that. Really? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a good, it's the place to be. Classic TV, right there. <laughs> all right, uh, Hannah. What is your What is your Instagram? Account? It's Hannah Faulkner. F A U L K N E R seventeen seventy six. Hey, that U is very important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Our 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 producer didn't <laughs> didn't spell your name right. H A N N A H F A U L K F A U L K N E R seventeen seventy six. Right. Like yes, William. Sir. Like as in William Faulkner. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. The writer. You're trying to see if she knows who we am. Oh, I'm is. assuming she's heard of William. I've heard of him, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Th- thank you, Hannah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it very me. much. You're listening to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. If you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Next story, Fred. Absolutely. Well, we mentioned uh, just a few moments ago that uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is doing a tour of failing Democrat-run cities. His particular focus is on encouraging police officers in these cities who have been under attack by their political leaders, you know, police reform, uh, all defund of these. Defund the police. Defund the police, all of those sorts of things. Well, the other focus he's been talking about, too, of course, uh, is what's going on at our southern border. By the way, Apparently, the crisis in the southern border is moving to our northern border now uh, because Border Patrol people are being asked to muscle up on the northern border because people are coming in uh, from Canada. And basically, Ron DeSantis is saying we need uh, we need to do something about our own borders without worrying about what's happening in other countries and their borders. But here's the thing. There are now, we are told... Over 40,000 illegals in New York City alone. In New York City alone? 40,000. The city has turned over several hotels, big, fancy hotels. We're not talking about low-grade motels. We're talking about big, fancy hotels. Well, there are nice shops in New York City in some of these areas that cater to the tourists, that sort of thing. These people aren't tourists. So these shops are having to close down. They're putting these shops out of business, their businesses to the hotel clientele. Right. And so one of those shop owners, uh, her name is Anna Ivkosik. Uh, she was on Fox and Friends this morning saying these uh, housing migrants in hotels is basically killing businesses. Cut number eight. It's been a huge impact. I mean, 
it's been an impact not only because of the fact that it's there, but there's been no engagement. So we were really blindsided by the the, um, the change. I mean, we're opposite the world's tallest Holiday Inn, which now seems to be the world's tallest migrant um, facility, which I understand is, is an important part of the process for New York. But the businesses, the very much small businesses that surround the area um, didn't know what's happening. And all of a sudden, a lot of the revenue that we were relying upon from the tourists has essentially disappeared. It, it, once again, it's the insanity of the left. They, they are killing their cities that they are allegedly running. And I use that word advisedly running. Well, and Ron DeSantis, the, the quote that, we, that you played earlier when he was on Fox this morning, mm-hmm. and he was talking about visiting these cities, but he said, we, it's time for us to admit that the policies, policies of the left have failed. Yeah. And this is a perfect example of the failed policies of the left with regards to illegal immigration, 40,000 in New York alone, and they decide it's a good idea to – Force, I'm sure, forcing hotels to take in yeah. uh, illegal immigrants, and I, I, in some cities, I don't know if New York is one of them, even homeless people, mm-hmm. many of whom have drug problems or mental illness, and what could go wrong? Yeah. They'll they'll tear a hotel apart. This is another angle I hadn't thought about: is all these uh, shops that exist in high end hotels. And uh, small businesses that surround, like the hotel districts in some of these big cities, they're losing revenue because people don't want to go where there's people hanging out outside these hotels if they have drug habits or needles. It's, it's, it is a job killer. It is a business killer. And I agree with Governor DeSantis. The policies of the left have failed, and they have failed painfully for these cities. We talked about Seattle last week having to shut down school districts inside the city because people are moving out because they invited the homeless to come into town. Right. And, you know, even Starbucks, which is based in Seattle, had to shut down their downtown stores. Right. Because there's so much crime associated with, you know, the needles on the street and everything else, bodily fluids oh, on we, the street. We, listen, we, we, I've been reading for, for months now reports in these big cities of businesses who have been broken into five and six times. They've got bars on the windows, and, and now people stop coming because of who's hanging out outside on the sidewalk. But at night, they break in. And the, the, the one I remember reading two or three months ago, it, it wasn't a chain, so I can't remember the name of it, but they said our insurance finally said we're not covering any more losses. It drove them out of business because people were breaking in and stealing stuff. Well, we've heard about this happening in New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, other big uh, New Orleans. Right. Uh, but also in Austin, Texas, which is Democrat run also on the weekend. I don't know if you saw some of the pictures down there. They had street racers, took over an intersection at South Lamar Boulevard and Barton Springs Road, drifting in the middle of the street and setting off fireworks as throngs of people looked on in mayhem. One law enforcement officer was injured, several police cars damaged. In the fracas, this is Austin, Texas. And, of course, <laughs> some of the local politicians are saying, gee whiz, um, we cut our police budget. Uh, maybe that was a mistake. Right. No kidding. 
I mean, what is it's, it going to take for these it, people? That's, that's it, it's just it's idiotic. I mean, it, it is idiotic that these people thought cutting their police budget, defunding the police, eliminating the numbers of officers on the street or making things so miserable for the police who, who wanted to stay that they finally gave up and quit their jobs. And you're surprised that your city is, is turning well, to chaos? That's happening all over the country. That, this, this, was again, was a total overreaction on the part of many in our country, particularly the big cities, to the George Floyd death. Mm-hmm. George, Floor, George Floyd died, as you know, and, and the uh, uh, officer was convicted of, of murder, right? Right. Uh, was it Derek. manslaughter or second degree or uh, manslaughter, uh, I think? Anyway, yes, I think Derek the, Chauvin. It, it was uh, Derek Chauvin was held responsible in court of law for the death of George Floyd. But in the aftermath of that, it was a complete and total overreaction of the country yeah. to to the death of George Floyd, including defund the police movements uh, in in many cities, which is which is insanity. <laughs> okay, the idea of getting rid of police. Now, some on the left would say, well, we didn't mean completely dismantle the police. We just meant defund them and give, uh, you know, diminish their role in society. Well, you diminish the role of police and especially these big cities, uh, which is what's happened. You're going to end up with, with, uh, it's going to be, and it's, it's proving to be a, a very bad, uh, net effect, yeah. including the rise in crime, lawlessness, bad policing, as we saw in Memphis, mm-hmm. because people are inexperienced and you, they can't find cops now to be the, the, the they're not being replaced uh, or they're lowering the standards, lowering the standards for what to somebody to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. That's all as a result of the uh, George Floyd situation. Yeah. So Derek Chauvin was convicted on three counts, unintentional second degree murder, third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. Yeah. And, and and the cunt, many in the country on the left acted like the police were killing people, especially black males. They were killing them every day all right. over the country, which was totally insane. That was not true. In Never. fact, in, in, I'm a, in, yeah. in fact, it not only it doesn't it, because it doesn't happen so often. When it does, it becomes a national a, news a story. National story. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.